0: Good morning. We're so glad that you're joining us here by way of Facebook Live and our, on our live stream. And uh, we hate that we can't meet together, but uh, we're so glad that you can be with us through the comfort of your, uh, of your living room or your bedroom or wherever you might be this morning. And uh, my name is Pastor Scott, and some of you, this might be the first time you've ever met me. And uh, thank you for uh, joining in with us. I'm uh, from here. I've got a beautiful family of four. I've got a wife who have been married for uh, almost 19 years this year. And I've got two beautiful kids, a, a 12-year-old teenager. He'll be 13 in a week, so he'll be a real teenager in less than a week. And then uh, I've got a 7-year-old little girl. So a 13-year-old, almost boy, and a 7-year-old girl. And, uh, and I'm honored to... The pastor of the church of Lake Point Church, great people, great church, right here in Shelby Township. And, um, and of course, we're here because, uh, you know, of what's going on in the world uh, with the coronavirus. And, uh, and so we felt like it would be best for only for the, this week and the next couple weeks, um, you know, to be um, only on live stream uh, the way we're doing it right now. So, um, you know, I'm preaching in pretty, pretty much an almost an empty room. Uh, there's a few of us here from our tech team and those running the cameras and our, our worship team. And that's about it. And uh, I just thank them for all giving up to a Sunday morning to serve here, to worship this morning, to help us, make this available for you. And um, what an what a, um, awesome team to work with. And so, um, but yeah, I'm not used to preaching to a room like this. It's been a long time. Uh, When I was first uh, in college, in seminary, I I preached and practiced a lot of times by myself in an empty room, and I would tape record, tape record the sermon, you know, and uh, and I would watch, or not watch it, but listen to my message and critique it, and, and those are for my ears only because they were pretty bad. 20 years ago. But um, it, it kind of takes me back again, preaching to a, a pretty quiet room. But, um, I, you know, thank you for chiming in and watching online. Like I said, I'm not sure how long this is going to be. You know, we don't know. Um, we're hoping a few weeks or so. Um, but we're going to uh, trust in God and trust in His plan. And He has a plan and purpose for all this. Meanwhile, why are doing this? There are a few things I want you to know. Um, before we jump into the message, just a few things. Um, we weren't quite quite ready for today, but you know, if we continue to do online streaming. Um, we also want to provide some resources for you to do with your kids. You know, what 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 are your kids missing out? Obviously, they're missing out their kids' environment, and so we want to provide some resources, some things that can help you um, do a, as parents. You know. Uh, Disciple your children. And uh, we'll provide some things by this week for next Sunday. And that way you can um, do that as well on Sunday. So you can have adult worship like we're doing now. And, uh, but then take time uh, with your family and with your kids. Um, we will be, uh, um, this Wednesday, we're gonna, our staff is going to start um, a Facebook Live devotional every day for the next few weeks. And um, so just be looking for us on Facebook, um, on our Facebook page, and uh, we'll go live and uh, share short devotion, pray, and uh, and listen to prayer requests, if there's any prayer needs during that time, we'll pray for those, and uh, we want to be available for that. And uh, also, this is an opportunity for the Church of God to step up in ministry, you know, in the course of history, you know, when you look back, there have been many dark, dark times, and in, in, our, in, our, in the history of mankind. But if you look at every dark times in, our, in, our, in the world that we've ever had, you also see that the Church of God always steps up. It always rises. And it uh, and, and wasn't one of those moments that we can look to be um, a ministry, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You see, Lay Point Church, you don't just come to church now we believe that you be the church. And you can be the church wherever you're at right now. And, uh, in fact, yesterday, we had our food pantry. And we gave meals to over 100 people yesterday. And, uh, and helped 100, 100 people, you know, about 25 to 30 families. We helped them with a meal. And uh, we gave out 2,400 pounds of food yesterday. And one of the ways you can help right now, is uh, helping with some food and restock our food pantry. And you can do that. You can come by the office during the week, the church building this week, um, Monday through Thursday during the day, and drop off some food that you might have that you can give or if you're able to go out and, and you see some extra food that, you know, don't, don't take away from the needs that we have, but, you know, if you see some extra stuff that you can uh, help out, Bring it to the church, and we can use that to bless others in this time. If you got extra toilet paper, that's right. You know who I'm talking about. But if you got them, you know, bring them. we We may be able to bless some people with. Uh, as simple as toilet paper. And uh, so the food pantry could use your help, and uh, I hope that you can be involved with that. It's a great way to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're also going to come out with some other ideas here in the next few days, and uh, we'll communicate that with you in ways that you can minister to our needs. We also want to hear from you in our prayer request. Normally, you know, you come to church, you write your prayer request down. We still care. We want to hear about it. And so if you can... Uh, email us at info at um, or you can um, uh, just message us on the Facebook Messenger, you know, on the Late Point page and we want to receive those prayer requests. We want to be praying for you. Our prayer team is ready uh, to pray for you and we want to, uh, to let you know that we do care and uh, even though we can't see you and be with you right now, we want you to know that we are with you wherever you're at, you know, in, in spirit, and we want to pray for you, wherever that might be. Um, and I also want to encourage you, during this time, you know, uh, we'll be tempted to binge watch all of our favorite shows on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, and that's fine, whatever, but here's what I hope you do, is that you spend time with others. This will be an opportunity to, to connect with others, with your family, your immediate family, But then to just simply call and reach out or text message someone in our church or someone in your community. Let them know that you care. Check in on each other. Let's check in and say, hey, how can we help you? Is there anything you need? And if there's anything we can do to partner with that, let us know because that's what we want to be. We want to be about a church that cares for each other. And so just let us know, again, go to uh, you know, email us um, if you have any needs or concerns. and uh, We want to do what we can to help out. Um, as far as our offering, you know, we're not going to be able to take a physical offering, but I want to encourage you, to, if you're able to, I understand that, you know, for some of you, you're not, you're, you may not be facing, you may be facing a, a, a unemployment, you know, we're not sure what's happening and you're not able to, or maybe you've already lost your job due to this, or income is not coming in, you have a job, but there's no income. Um, I understand that. But for those who are able, uh, I hope that you'll be able to still give faithfully so that we can carry out the mission and the vision of Lake Point Church and so that we can continue to do what we're doing right here in Shelby Township. And uh, you can text LPGIVE to uh, 77977. And there, I think it's right below, right here. But um, if you can tap that or you can go to the link, I think to the link provided in the post. And I uh, and just uh, hope that you're able to give one way or the other. Um, you can also snail mail, and just send it right to the church. And uh, church address here, um, Van Dyke Road. Um, you can also uh, drop it by if you like. You can drop it off and, and drop off your offering and come by and see it during the week, Monday through Thursday. And so I hope that you'll be able to still be involved. Mission's still happening. You know, this is not the time for the church to, to sit back and relax and hide under a rock. This is the time for the church to step up. And one of the ways that you can is by the way you give. And uh, unfortunately, there's some things that's coming up that we're going to have to postpone. Like next Sunday, we're going to celebrate 10-year anniversary of Late Point. And uh, we're going to postpone that to hopefully in the fall, and uh, we'll get more details on that. But we're going to be celebrating. Uh, we want to celebrate that. It's a special milestone for our church and dedication of our new building. We wanted to do that uh, next Sunday, but we're going to postpone that to uh, the future, and we'll let you know when that's happening. Um, LP students, uh, at the time being, will not be meeting tonight. Until we get the word out, we'll we'll communicate that when when we're able to come back together. Um, I know Pastor Jonah is working on some ideas on communication and connecting with our teenagers. And, uh, of course, Easter. We we don't know right now what Easter looks like, but we'll keep you informed, and uh, we'll pray that we can be back here, but we might not be. And if, if that's the case... That's okay. We'll trust God with whatever it is that he has for us. And um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. We're we're just living in unprecedented times. Unprecedented times. The world, right now, the world is watching us. The world is watching the church. And and, and they're watching us. And, And this is our moment, right? This is our moment. We can be the light shining in the darkness. We could be that light showing the world that there is hope. And we believe that hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. And, and I pray that we would do whatever we can to show the, the love of Jesus in our community and in our world. And so this is our moment. Church, this is it. I pray that we rise to the top and be a light to a lost and dying world. I wanna pray, and after I pray, we're gonna dive right into the message and uh, share a few things from my heart. Uh, let me say this, I wanna pray. First of all, I wanna pray for those that have been affected personally by the virus. Um, maybe you know someone, or maybe you're experiencing it right now. Uh, or Maybe you know someone that passed away or, or died from the awful virus that come out of nowhere. And we're gonna pray for you. We're to pray for those that have been affected by it. We also wanna pray for those who are on the front line fighting it. They're on the front line. Uh, our medical medical uh, uh, teams, uh, first responders, those uh, that are working to, to discover, or, uh, come together with a cure, a vaccine. Um, we're we'll gonna pray for those. Um, they're on the front line, and they could be easily affected by the virus themselves. And they put their lives on the line. They put but they put it out there to to help others. And we thank you for those who are. Uh, We also want to pray for um, the government, our government from the international, because this is not just the United States problem. This is all over the world. And we want to pray for every international leader. We want to pray for our our national leaders, our our state leaders, our local leaders. We'll pray for them. I pray that you will lift them up, lift them up in prayer. The decision that they're making every day is uh, had great impact of what they're doing. I pray, let's pray that they make the right decision for our country and for our world and for our state, wherever they might be. And then um, I want us to be praying for those who are in panic mode. You got anxiety, you're not sure what's going to happen next, you're, you're afraid about your job, you're not sure about the future. We want to pray for you. So I'm going to pray and we're going to dive into this message. Our Father, we love you and we thank you for. Uh, the blessings you have given us. We are so grateful for that. And I know that sounds so crazy because the world is falling apart in our eyes. It seems like everything is is falling apart. But God, we're grateful because of who sits on the throne because you're in control and we trust you. You have a plan that's much bigger than what we can see and we just put our trust in you. We're grateful to God for our salvation because we have hope. We have hope, not just for this life, but we have hope for eternity, and we thank you for that. And God, we ask you to be with those that have been affected by the virus. Be with those that have lost someone that they know, or in their family, or a friend, or in their community. God, we ask you to be with uh, those that are on the front line, our nurses, our doctors, you know, that are on the front line fighting this awful virus. I pray for our, our first responders as well. God, we ask you to be with the government, from the international to the local, and everywhere in between. God, we pray you give them wisdom in the days and weeks ahead of us. God, we ask you to be with all those that are sitting behind our computer screens, maybe watching this and there's some fears in our lives, there's some anxiety, there's some what ifs. You know, there's some worst case scenario that we're processing. What's gonna happen, we don't know. Are we gonna have a job? The economy is falling apart, and we got all these fears. God, I pray that you give us perfect peace, perfect peace, that only you can give. I pray that you speak to our hearts as we talk about that peace this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, let's get started. And uh, you should um, hopefully be able to find the handout notes. I know it's been posted on your Facebook live feed, and, uh, but maybe uh, it's in the comments. But um, you can also find it on the Uversion app. And uh, if you go to YouVersion, you can click on the live event, and you can find Lake Point Church. And we have the handout notes there as well. And hopefully you'll be able to take notes. Um, we have been in a series called When love speaks. When love speaks. And we've been looking at the final words of Christ on the cross. In the last two weeks, we've looked at the word, number one, the word of assurance. The word of assurance. And that's when Jesus was on the cross and he said to the thieves on the cross, to the one thief, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. And that's the word of assurance. And then last Sunday, we looked at the word of compassion, the word of love, where Jesus was looking at, his mother from the cross, and he look at his mother and look at his uh, disciple John, the one that he loved, his best friend. And he look at, he look at Mary, his mom, and said, "Mom, here is John, your new son." And then you look at John and said, "John, here is your mother, your new mom." And, 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 and they took care of each other. tradition tells us that they took care of each other until Mary passed away 12 years after the crucifixion happened. And John took care of her. And, and Jesus, in, in, in his worst moment, was taking his eyes and helping others and cared for others. And, uh, and so we talk about the word of love, the word of compassion. Today, I was going to talk about the word of substitution. And that's when Jesus was on the cross, where he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and this past week, I had it all done, and on Thursday morning, I felt, you know what, I'm going to change the message for today. In light of all that's happening, we're going to do this message on the word of substitution probably next Sunday. But today, I want to change the message. I want to talk about a final word, not on the cross, but one of Jesus' final words before the cross. He's talking to his disciples. Uh, they're in the upper room. He's, uh, he knows that he's going to be betrayed And uh, later that night, he knows that it's all going to happen, that he will be on the cross the next day. He knows that's going to take place. And so he's having a final word with his disciples. And and this is what he said in John chapter 16, verse 33. And I believe this is a word for us today. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. That you may have peace. And by the way, we didn't see a lot of peace this past week. You know, if you walk in the store, you saw panic. You know, if you turn on the TV news, 24-7 news cycle, you, you saw panic. You saw fear. People are freaking out. You know, every time we, we went somewhere and we talked to someone, that's all you're hearing. People are talking about the virus, what, how it's going to impact our lives. We're talking about the economy. The economy this past week showed panic. Um, perhaps this past week on Friday, you know, as you were at your school, you know, and, and your parents and teachers and students, you know, wondering what's gonna happen next, knowing that Friday's the last day, we're gonna see each other for a while, and, and there's this panic and fear, there's no peace, and, and Jesus says, I, I've told you these things, so that in me, you may have peace, He said, but in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I've overcome it. Jesus said, because I won, you win. Because I'm victorious, you and I are victorious. We can have victory because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are overcomers because Jesus have overcome the world. And so today, I want to talk about the word. I want to talk about the word of faith. The word of faith. Now, there are two types of faith. The first type of faith, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but it's important that I mention it, is positional faith. Positional faith. This is faith where you put in Jesus Christ for your salvation, At some point in your life, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have asked him to come into your life, and that is positional faith. You believe that he is the only way, plus nothing, minus nothing, that he was the only way to heaven. And you put your faith in Christ. You put your faith that he will forgive you of all your sins. Positional faith. And if you have positional faith, if you've had salvation, then you have that kind of a faith. And that's great. That's important. That's the foundation of life that you need. But then there's a second type of faith, and that's called practical faith. Practical faith. A practical faith is your day-to-day walk with Christ. And there are days, where even though I have faith in a positional way, I have salvation, practically speaking, my, my faith can sometimes be a little weak. Sometimes, hey, some days, my faith, I'm on the mountaintop. Man, I'm praising Jesus. I get my eyes on Jesus, and, and, and within hours, within hours from the mountaintop, my faith crashed, and I go into the valleys, and I look around the circumstances of life, and I lose faith, practically speaking, not positional faith, But practically speaking, I lose faith in what's going on. I start drowning in my own concern. I'm I'm trying to figure out how to get all my ducks lined up in a row and things feel like it's not happening. And and I start, you know, getting scared or panic, anxiety. And our practical faith sometimes is weak. It's all of us, all of us. Some days are great, some days are not so great. I got to be honest with you, this past week, my practical faith, you know, kind of, kind of shook. You know, I mean, I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but man, I, was, I got a little concerned. I mean, if you listen to the news all the time and, and, and all the negativity and, and, and watch, the, you know, go in the store to try to find toilet paper, paper, but you can't find any, you know, I get a little nervous. I got a little scared. I started thinking, oh, what am I going to do? What's going to happen? Oh, you know, we're not going to be able to take care of my family and, and all this stuff, and... And I got to be honest, my practical faith this past week was not so hot. However, I believe that we can have great faith, practically speaking. And, 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 and uh, that's what I want to talk about, how to have practical faith in the face of fear, how to be overcomers, overcoming fears. Check out what God's Word says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. He has given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now some have said that fear is the opposite of faith. That it's the opposite of faith. I would argue that fear is really faith in the wrong things. In fact, a working definition, if you're taking notes, is that fear is placing your faith in the what-ifs. Placing your faith in the what-ifs. We see this happening, played out in the life of Moses in Exodus chapter four. Moses, the backstory is he was born as a Hebrew, but was raised in the house of Pharaoh. He had everything, he lacked nothing, but one day he was minding his own business he saw one of the Egyptian slave masters kill one of his fellow Hebrews. And so Moses like, man, I don't like that. And so he went after the Egyptian slave master, got into an argument, and eventually killed him. And and he thought he did it in secret, but somebody saw it, and there was a warrant for Moses' arrest and possibly his um, execution. And so he ran. He took off. He left everything that he had, he took off, and he ran into a wilderness and found himself on a mountain called Mount Horeb, which is the same mountain that's called Mount Sinai. And later, later, later in life, Moses would come back to this mountain and receive the Ten Commandments. So this is that mountain. And so he's just minding his own business. He's a shepherd, hiding, laying low under the radar. And he's walking through the mountain with his sheep. And he comes across a bush, a little bush that. That got caught on fire But it wasn't burning It wasn't consuming the bush And so he looked He looked at it And all of a sudden Moses hears the audible voice Of the creator and, and and that voice said Moses I want you to go back to Egypt And I want you to get my people I want you to get Pharaoh To release my people under bondage I want you to go to Pharaoh And say let my people go And and, and I want you to know this what Moses said, how he respond to the, to the presence of God and to the audible voice of God. Look at Exodus chapter 4, verse number 1. And Moses answered, what if, what if they do not believe? What if they don't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, the Lord did not appear to you? I mean, think about this. I want you to process. I mean... In the middle of the presence of God, he's hearing the voice of God and the first two words that Moses responds is what if. What if. God, I, I, I hear you talking to me. I, I, I sense your presence, but can we just process some worst case, some, some worst case scenarios? Let's just process that. That's what he's saying. He said, God, what if, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if they say the Lord didn't appear to me? He's in the very presence of God, and yet he gripped with fear. He gripped by thinking about worst-case scenarios. I mean, I think we've done that before. I know I have. Have you? We've all done that. Oh, man, what if the economy keeps getting worse? What if I lose my job? What if, what if something happens to my kids, and I'm so afraid I'm going to start bubble wrapping my kids every time they leave the front door? What if? We'll grip with the worst case scenarios. Your what if, by the way, this is important. Your what ifs, although they're not from God, they actually matter a lot. They actually do. I want you to write this down on your note. What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. Otherwise, you wouldn't really be obsessed about it. If you're you're worried about your marriage, what does that mean that you value? It means that you value your marriage, not a bad thing, that's a good thing. If you fear losing your job and not able to pay your bill, what does that tell you that you value? What it means that you value security? And again, that's a good thing. If you feel something will happen to your kids, what does that mean? That means that you love your kids, you, you are concerned about their health and their well-being, and, and that matters to you, and that's important. So what you fear the most, it reveals what you value the most. But the second thought is this, what you fear the most also reveals where you trust God the least. Wow, wow. What, what you fear the most reveals what you value the most, what is important to you, but unfortunately it also reveals where you're not trusting God. And what I want you to do for just a minute, I want you to process this. I want you to think about this. Because you can listen to me as I'm speaking to you, and, 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 and you, you can listen to all this, but you may let the Holy Spirit not speak to your heart. And I don't want you to let the Holy Spirit kind of go into your heart and, 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 and allow yourself to be honest, but fall this short of what God is trying to do. And it's come this close to miss out on the freedom. And so this is what I want you to do. I want you to do something right there in your home. You know, on your note, a piece of paper, a post-it note. You can write it on your arms. I don't care, nobody's watching, all right? Just write it on your arms if you want it. But I want you to write. I want you to physically write down what you struggle with. And here's the question, here's the blank. Here's the sentence I want you to finish. I want you to give it a name, here it is. I am not trusting God with blank. I am not trusting God with blank. I don't want you to write it down. Alright? I know, I know all the ladies in the homes, you're doing it. Alright, so I want you to see your husband. If he's not writing it, this is the time to give him a nice big elbow. All right, and say, write it down. Write it down. What is it? I want you to give it a name. Is it your children? Is it your health? Somebody that you love? maybe it's your parents that are, that are Asian, maybe it's your future, maybe it's money, write it down, what is it? Write it down, maybe, maybe it's the virus really concerns you. Go ahead, write it down, write it down. And why is this important? Because you cannot defeat what you will not define. You cannot defeat what you will not define you got to stop living in denial. And if you're going to put your head in the sand and just say, oh, this is not an issue, then you're never going to be free. But the moment you say, you know what? Yes, this, this is what I'm most afraid of. That is the first step toward freedom. It's defining it. But then I want you, I want you to go another level. You wrote it down. And, uh, but I want you in your, in your home or wherever you're at, I want you to look to the person next to you, and I want you to talk to them for just a minute. And I want you to share what you wrote. I want you to share where you struggle in trusting God. I fear because of this. I have I have a hard time trusting God because of you filling the blank. I want you to do that. If you're, if you're single and you're by yourself, I'm, I'm gonna give you permission to text somebody. Text someone and say, hey, I just want you to know, I just wanna be honest, I wanna share my heart. I, you who I have a hard time trusting God with blank. I want you to do that right now because, you know, it's awesome to come to church. It's awesome to experience the worship of God shoulder to shoulder. But real ministry happens when we go face-to-face and we're just honest with each other and open up authenticity. And so I pray that you do that. That's so important. So, hey, we've got to admit it. We've got to understand where we're at. We've got to define it. If we're going to defeat it, we've got to define it. Now, I want to give us some practical truth, two thoughts here. I believe it's simple, very simple, but I believe it's life-changing, profound. Number one, we are going to acknowledge our fear and choose to trust God anyway. We are going to acknowledge our fear and choose to trust God anyway. What am I saying? I'm saying that we're going to be honest. We gotta be honest with what we what I just talked about. And we gotta say, you know what, God, hey, I'm afraid. I, I, I struggle with this. My heart is heavy. And, and, and you're filling the blank, whatever that might be, because of what? My heart is heavy because of filling the blank. And we're just gonna be real, we're just gonna be real and raw with God. And you know why you do this? It's because God already knows about it. He's just simply waiting for you to catch up with what he already knows and, and to say, man, God, I need your help. I, I struggle with this. I, I, I'm i choosing to trust in you. And, and this is what David does. King David did this in the Old Testament. You know, David was anointed by Samuel, but he didn't become king right away. There was another man that was a king, and his name was Saul, and Saul got wind of the fact that David has been anointed to be the next king. Everybody's talking about David. I mean, he, he, he's like got the of touch on the battlefield. I mean, he was a great warrior, destroying armies upon armies. Everybody was singing his praise and, and celebrating his name. And, and, and so Saul, the king, got super jealous, didn't like it, that this guy right here will one day replace him. And so he put out a hit on David's life. But that'll hit, and, and, and at that point, David spends years hiding and running from Saul and his army, and they're trying to kill him. They're trying to kill him. And, and let me ask you this. Do you think that would qualify as a life of fear, knowing that you could be assassinated at any point of the day? I, I think so. Absolutely. But what did David choose to do? David said in Psalm 56, verse 2, he said, My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. When I am afraid, he's acknowledging his fears, right? He's acknowledging his fears. He said, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Verse number four, in God. I want everybody to say, wherever you're at, I want you to say, in God. In God. Say it with me, in God. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. Right, we need to underline that verse. You need to highlight that verse. It's power in that verse. Now, every time those fears start to creep back into your mind, you need to look in the mirror in your bathroom and say, In God, in, in God whom I trust, in God whom I, I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? That's what David said next. I mean, I loved it. I mean, David, David almost got at this point in the first, it gets a little cocky, a little overconfidence, and it's a great confidence. This is awesome. He said this. He said, In God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I mean, let's be honest. What what can Saul do? do to David? Well, Saul's king. Uh, Saul has an army. And, and, and his army can do what? They can destroy David. They can kill him. But David said it in such a way, in such a way right here. He said, you know what? Nobody can really do anything. You know, nobody can really do anything. In, in other words, this is, and, and this is the key. And this is what I believe he's saying. He said, if you process the events and the circumstances around you through the mindset of just this life on earth, then you will be gripped by fear. But the moment you allow the Spirit of God to say, you know, as a child of God, I'm actually a stranger on this planet. I'm a citizen of heaven. Heaven is my home. I have a temporary resident, a, a short term visa. I'm, I'm just a pilgrim passing through, going to my eternal home. And what David is saying is this He said, Look, hey, you can pursue me, but you can't change the fact that my God is still on the throne. You, you can hunt me, you can hurt me, but you can't change the fact that my God still has a purpose for my life. Hey, you can kill me. But you can't change the fact that God's will will be done, period. What can mere mortals do to me? That's the spirit of it. That's what he's saying. This world, this life is a vapor. Heaven is our home. And if you're a follower of Christ, what do we do? Well, we got to acknowledge our fears. I'm not saying we turn a blind side. Hey, recognize it. But take our fears and choose to trust God anyway. And here's the second thought. Now I'm done. We're going to seek God until he takes away your fears. We're going to seek. We're going to pursue God until he takes away your fears. I mean, this is exactly what David did. The man who had everything to fear while he was alive, God removed it. Uh, I want you to feel the power in Psalm 34, verse 4. I want you to feel the power in his faith. He said in verse 4, I sought the Lord. I pursued the Lord. I, I sought, I seek the Lord, and, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. 365 times in the Bible, God uses the phrase, fear not. And I think God's trying to tell us something. And David said, Man, I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all of my fears. What the enemy meant for evil, my God can turn to good for those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. And how does it happen? It happens by pressing into God like never, ever before. And I pray that in this week, in this time, that we will press into God like we've never gone before, that we press into him because he will answer. He will answer and he will remove all of our fears. I, I love this, this quote, and it's from the book, Jesus Calling. And the author, she wrote this. She said, we often glance at God but gaze at our circumstances. We, we have it backwards. I mean, it's, it's so true. We 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 have to we constantly glance at God. But what she's saying, what we should do, is that we should constantly gaze at Jesus. Occasionally look at our circumstances. We know we know what's happening, but we don't allow those circumstances to control us. We look we look at our eyes, we keep our eyes our face. And we turn our eyes to Jesus, the one who is in control of the things that we can't control. And that's what we've got to do to be set free. And that's what God wants for you. You see, what's fear? Fear is putting the faith in the what ifs. What if my job don't survive? What if the economy keeps getting worse? What if I don't finish school? What if I don't have my graduation and all the things I do, especially if you're a senior, I know. What if? What what if I get sick from the virus? What if I'm exposed to someone? I've got to be self-quarantined for 14 days. What if? What if? What if? And and fear is putting our faith in the what ifs. Fear is putting our faith in the things we cannot control. And our fears and what ifs reveal to you what you value the most. But unfortunately, it also reveals where you trust God to lead. And so what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? Well, we're going to get real. We're going to acknowledge our fears, and we're going to seek him. We're going to trust him, and we're going to press into to God until he removes our fears. I want to leave you with the words of John Wesley, famous preacher in the 1700s. He said this. you see this on the screen. I have never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fears. That doesn't mean he had fears. He had it. But he said, I've never known more than 15 minutes. And so, whenever I feel fearful emotions overtake me, I just close my eyes and thank God that he's still on the throne, reigning over everything. And I take comfort and control over all the affairs of my life. I love that. The Bible says, 1 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given you church. God has not given you the spirit of fear. God has given you a spirit of power, a spirit of love. They've given you a spirit of sound mind. And that's God's life for you. Don't live in fear. In a few minutes, a band can come up here and close with one last song before we're done. And that song is, I love this song, perfect. The song is, no longer a slave to fear. You know why? Now why? This, this kind of goes back to the, the attitude of David. What can mere mortals do to me? Why? Because I'm a child of God. I know where I'm going. This is not my home. I'm just passing through to my eternal home. And because it's not my home, I know where I'm going. And because I know where I'm going, I don't have a live in fear. I can have peace, perfect peace, because of the one who lives inside of me. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. Practical faith, the word of faith. John 16, Jesus again. I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. Take heart. Rejoice. Why? Because I have overcome the world. I pray that this morning that your positional faith, that means your salvation, meshes with your practical faith. And I pray that we will live out our lives in the next week, in the next couple of weeks, in the next month, however long it takes, we'll live out our lives as bold followers of Jesus Christ. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your amazing word this morning that we can have perfect peace whose eyes are put on you. It doesn't mean that everything will be perfect for us in this life. It doesn't mean that the trouble will escape us. No, but it means that in the middle of the storm that there is a the calm that only you can provide. And God, I can't help to think that there may be someone that's listening and watching by way of video this morning, and you're watching, I want to talk to you for just a minute. You say, man, I don't have a relationship with Christ, and I'm so scared of what's happening in this world, and, and I'm, I, I got so much anxiety, and, and, and today you talk about a hope, and that hope has a name, and his name is Jesus, and I want to know that hope, and if that's you this morning, I want to invite you to know him. You see, You don't have to come to church to know Jesus. You can have a relationship with Jesus right where you're at, right there in the comfort of your living room or bedroom or or the coffee shop or wherever you might be. You can know Jesus, you can leave where you're at with a new relationship with Christ where Christ can give you that peace that passes all understanding. That means I can't explain that peace because it's a divine peace not a peace of this world, but the peace that only God can give. He said, well, Scott, i like to know that peace. i like to know who that Jesus is. And the Bible says that all we have to do is cry out to Him. You're not, you're not praying it to me. I, in fact, I can't hear you where you're at, but God can, and you can pray to Him, and God is listening right where you're at pray to him, and here's the prayer, he said, Dear God, repeat after me out loud or wherever you're at, you can pray silently in your heart, he said, Dear God, I'm a sinner and I don't deserve this life, but I want that peace that only you can give, and I'm asking you to come to my life and be my Lord and Savior. I want to know eternity, and I want to spend eternity with you. This is not my home. I'm just a passion through. I want to go to my eternal home with you and because of where I'm going, I can have peace. Peace that only thing you can give. Come to my life, be my Lord and Savior. And if you pray that prayer and yes, you ask to come to your heart, you mean that with your heart. You know, God says that he's coming to your life. He, he, he made resident in your life right now. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for salvation that we can have. But God, we also thank you for that perfect peace that we can live in faith. We can live out of faith. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We can be overcomers because of you. And God, I pray that we would not look at the what ifs and not put up faith in the what-if, but that we put our faith in the one who can control all things. I pray that we put our faith in you. Keep our eyes, turn our eyes on you. In your name I pray. Amen. Hey, before we sing this last song, if you're here, you made a next step. You watch and say, man, I asked Christ to come in my life. I want to celebrate with you. If you can, email me at info at or you can do a message through the messenger on Facebook. and Just let us know who you are and say, hey, man, I asked a question in my life, and maybe God spoke to you in some other way. I'd love to hear from you. Please respond let us know how we can celebrate, how we can pray for you. We we'll love you. We'll talk to you later. I hope that you'll stay tuned and listen to this amazing sound. God is no longer a slave. We're no longer a slave to fear. We're a child of God.